The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Han, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8, and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3, and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada, and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Kali for 99 years, and Al Pertal, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada Bilagbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. We begin our musical program with a song by the church choir, who will sing the uplifting song entitled, The Lord is My Light. They're led by choir director Emilia Hahn. Yes, saints and friends, no matter what we may face in our daily lives, when we place our faith and trust in the Lord, He is our guide, our shield and protector. Be lifted up and rejoice in the Lord, for He is our light and our salvation. 
please join in and sing with our choir members following the words at the bottom of your screen. Thank you. 
On decks, we call upon the members of the church band to play a rendition of Triumphal Overture, led by yours truly. <laughs>
Our focus today is Associate Pastor Marvin Abing, who will sing Love Lifted Me. It is because of God's great love for mankind that we have a way of salvation, full and free, through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Seeking 
And now, the church choir will bring forth their second number entitled, The Hallelujah Chorus.
instrumental number will be performed by a trombone ensemble of the church band. They will play the song By and By. blended voices, the Daughters of Judah will sing the song Taste and See. This song is dedicated to Mrs. Cecilia Barang. May the Lord continue to lead God and strengthen you daily. And may you fill your heart with all the peace, joy, and happiness that only He can give. Have a wonderful and blessed day.
And praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, station, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KXD-TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held every Wednesday evenings only at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Waiasano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vespri Espera in President Rojas, Cotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Are you aware of TV viewers that the name of Jesus is above all other names in heaven and earth? That's one way the Apostolic Faith Church and its branches have lifted the name of Jesus is through their signs situated above the rooftops of every lighthouse or main structure of worship which say, Jesus coming soon. In every telecast message and every sermon preached at our churches, we never fail to exhort the name of Jesus and its necessity in fulfilling the only correct, true, and complete way to salvation as planned and combated by God. It is my heartfelt desire that today's sermon entitled Man's Greatest Need will lead and guide you to believe the gospel and reach out to Jesus. Our individual views about the Word of God 
is of grave concern. When we surrendered our hearts to the Lord, we gave up our individuality that we might become a part of many in the body of Christ. With a new frame of mind and heart, we were able to learn the meaning of humility. We observed our efforts at self-preservation turn into caring and compassion for others. What's more, we willingly gave up something of ourselves in an effort to bring others to Christ. Certainly, if we pray as Jesus did with sincerity and grave concern on the night he was taken prisoner, or earnestly as Paul, whose heart was stirred and responds prayer for his converts, we would probably experience a revival that is so much needed in these untoward godly times. We ought to pray for a revival and say to the Lord, let it begin in me. Therefore, as we observe believers taking the road that leads into sin, we ought not to say, it couldn't happen to me, but commit it unto benevolent prayer and ask for strength that we might not do the same. The information found in the Bible has no boundaries regarding where it can be applied. If you are unable to find an all-inclusive thou shalt not, it is then with much prayer and supplication that guidance is sought by the Spirit, such that a decision can be made that will not be contrary to sound doctrine and intent of the Scriptures. Let us read in Isaiah 55, 10-11. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the either, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. The new life Jesus lived and preached of serves as a pattern for us to follow. Experiencing the epitome of the adversity and overcoming them all reassures us that with Him all things are possible. It is of the utmost importance that believers improve upon the faults experienced by those mentioned in the Bible. Whether the circumstances involve Jews or Gentiles, these are lessons to be learned by the present-day Christian. The very foundation of our relationship with the Lord is found in Matthew 22, 34-40. But when the Pharisees had heard that He had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Yes, the Word of God serves as a constant reminder to us, as Jesus stated in 1 John 5, 3, for this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. There are rewards which include a crown of righteousness in heaven. Before for all those who love Him, a solid foundation was laid and served as the base where with all believers are to build upon. Such a foundation was sought after by darkness of night that it became so significant in the life of Nicodemus. Troubled by the spiritual climate, he decided to seek out the Lord Jesus by night. It was important to him that he speak with Jesus about the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. After all, he thought he was living a good life, being the best he could be for the Lord. However, the unrest with him caused him to realize that what he had practiced and exercised may not have been enough to please God. I ask you the same question, are you comfortable with what you have after hearing the gospel of the kingdom of God? Listen very carefully as you read in John 3, 1 to 4. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, saying, came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, 
For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Salvation begins with hearing and believing in the word of God. Then comes the acknowledgement of sin, followed by repentance, then acting upon one's faith, because faith without works is dead. The conversation continues in verse 4. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? In John 3, 5, it reads, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the sixth and seventh verses, it also reads, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. There are many interpretations of how one can be born again. And as a hip pastor, I have heard them all. The controversy that sounds of necessity of water baptism can only be resolved by the scriptures. The point of the matter is Jesus set the pattern of good works when he was baptized by immersion in the River Jordan by his cousin John. He said, suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Just imagine Jesus was so concerned about whom he created, such that he made the path very easy to follow. He simply said, watch me, this is how you do it. However, mankind will find it difficult to accept. We read in Luke 12, 49-53, I am come to send fire on the earth. And what will I if it be already kindled? But I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how am I straightened till it be accomplished? Sending his son to earth to be the Savior for Israel and all of mankind expresses God's love. However, God anticipated divisions, schisms, controversy, and persecution. Amongst the Lord's own countrymen, there existed a division between the sects of the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes. Surrounding nations had their own beliefs and cult activities. Nevertheless, he was firm or straightened about his purpose and proceeded with his plan, knowing what lay ahead. In other words, the gospel had to be preached. We continue reading verse 51. Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on the earth. I tell you nay, but rather division. For from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided, three against two and two against three. The father shall be divided against the son, and the son against the father, and the mother against the daughter, and the daughter against the mother, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Yes, viewers, the gospel you are hearing this morning should be thought-provoking for you. If you are not saved in the manner Jesus requires to be, perhaps you were taught to worship in such a manner as your parents or relatives did. But now, after hearing the gospel of the kingdom of God, divisions may arise amongst family members, just as you have read in the scriptures. Will you follow Jesus today while he is calling? Peter answered the multitudes in Jerusalem who inquired about the salvation being offered by the resurrected Christ, as we read in Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is the baptism Jesus preached about, stood firmly for, and participated in. Having been spiritually prepared in the days prior to the crucifixion, Peter now stood filled with the Holy Ghost, willing to impart to an unbelieving world without fear the mysteries of godliness and the mystery of iniquity. Sin is what separates men from God, and there is only one way that sin can be eradicated from the nature of man, and that is only done through the name of Jesus. Further confirmation is found in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. 
Jesus is the answer for mankind. Won't you consider this morning to work out your salvation and be found closest to the Lord that you have ever been before? Taking these initial steps of salvation is the beginning of being the best you can be for the Lord. Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. Passages in the Bible bear record of this fact through various circumstances believers faced. If they were in a battle, we are informed of their victory. If on the other hand, they were overcome, we are told why. We are able to read of instances of faith and what happened when faith was exercised. Though oftentimes we only have a word of promise to embrace, Jesus tells us how great is thy faith. When we have withstood the storms of life successfully or when we have need of physical healing, we can find comfort and relief in Jesus, knowing that even in death, there is victory. In Matthew 5, 13 to 16, we read, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. A beam of a flashlight is insignificant if used during the daylight hours. However, that same flashlight when used at night provides a sense of security, safety, and comfort. So is it with our lives in this darkened world of sin. Have you considered why the Lord referred to believers as salt and light in the parable? The physical properties of salt makes it a very good preservative. Presently, every true born-again Christian is a preservative in this world. Because of our faith and good works, the wrath of God is temporarily being withheld. During this dispensation of grace, souls are being given an opportunity to be saved. This opportunity is presented to them that by those who will take the initiative and carry out what they have been commissioned to do, such as is with the television ministry that you are viewing this morning. Another significant instance where salt was used is when Jesus spoke of the last days and for the believer to stay clear of the world and its influence. He said, remember Lot's wife? While escaping the judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot's wife disobedient to the divine command, look not behind of thee, linger back, probably longing for her home, friends, earthly positions, and the previous life. As a result, she turned into a pillar of salt. Therefore, what is being preserved throughout the ages is that we must forsake the world completely and keep God's commandments, lest we lose our reward of eternal life. The scripture tells us in Luke 9, 62, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. To be successful in the world, viewers, you know it causes you to deny the Lord of your time, talent, and substance. On the other hand, if you choose to put Jesus first in your life, curtailing the ties with the world will be second nature, and miraculously, everything else will fall into its proper place. We should not resent the toilsome work because the sacrifices we make today are so minute in nature when compared to the war that is in store for the children of God. We also refer to as lights in a dark world. Unfortunately, we are not born with this light, but in fact, it is a learned and awe-inspiring behavior. The demonstration of the light of Jesus Christ can be observed through a faithful believer when we say that person is walking in the light. His conduct, lifestyle, and behavior in this life glorifies God. Being the best we can be for the Lord requires us to keep His light in a visible and prominent place. It should be displayed where it can be seen. Just as salt is worthless should it lose its savor, so it is with the light of Christ being emitted from within us. 
It is of no use if it can't be seen. Living righteously and God-fearingly is not intended to draw attention to ourselves, but for the sole purpose of praising God and drawing men to Christ. We, true born-again believers, can make a difference in this world if we make the commitment. What is seen above all the words one can ever say is the kind of example we are. Whether in all that comes our way for righteousness sake may bring someone to Christ one day. Let's read in Philippians 2, 15 to 16. That it may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuking the bits of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom he shine as light in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. The desire of the apostolic faith is to see souls baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, then living a life above sin until Jesus comes again. I've seen many come and be baptized. I've seen babies grow in the nurture and administer the Lord, and in turn have become committed adults with the furtherance of the gospel. This is a great reward in itself, but to see the saints whom God has saved complete the race with a strong finish will be the greatest reward in my career. Paul said at first that I have neither run nor labored in vain. Our fervency for the Word of God refutes any doubts that may be cast upon the truth. Be that shining light for Jesus, bearing the bloodstained banner in a crooked and perverse nation. I believe in molding the heart of man, then the outside will take care of itself. A superficial expression of faith indeed becomes a mockery to the truth when the tests and trials come. What did Jesus mean when he said in Matthew 5, 20, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, he shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Christian service is not burdensome, it is done with love. Remember we were once sinners as well, but are now saved because he first loved us, should prompt us to express compassion to others who need him as well. What must we avoid is the, the character of the Pharisees and the scribes that is so often described in the scriptures. Selfish, prideful, and holy than thou attitudes have no place in Christ's service. What is needed is generosity, prayerfulness, concern, compassion, forgiveness, patience, faith, honesty, integrity, loyalty, and humility. Jesus went about doing his Father's business, fulfilling spiritual needs and feeding hungry souls. He did not discriminate against those who opposed what he preached. Knowing that adverse hearts would continue to harden steadily, he nevertheless included them in his talks and accepted invitation to their homes. As far as Jesus was concerned, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Such was the case of the Pharisee named Simon. He invited Jesus into his house for dinner, not knowing how great an impact this dinner would have upon his spiritual life. As Jesus reclined towards the table to eat, a woman who lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was there and proceeded to Simon's house, bearing an alabaster jar of ointment. Upon her arrival, she immediately began to weep at the feet of Jesus. With her hair, she wiped her fallen tears of joy and gratitude from his feet and kissed them before anointing them with a costly ointment. It was apparent that Jesus played an important part in her life. We do not know who she was or what sins she committed, but in spite of her sins, Jesus still loved this woman. Her appreciation for his love, forgiveness, and guidance swelled into an uncontrollable, spontaneous reaction to the others who sat by and observed, which included Simon, the Pharisee, and the host of the dinner. It seemed so undignified and contemptible. But what was displayed puts respectable people to shame. It was an ultimate illustration of humility and devoted adoration at the feet of her Lord. Reading Luke 7, 39 to 40. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, meaning Jesus, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what man or woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. 
There Simon was leading a treacherous assault on Jesus in thought only. Imagine how the convicted and conscience smitten Simon felt and when Jesus was able to hear his very thoughts. How else could he respond other than to say, Master, say on. Here we are able to see the loving devotion of a repentful woman against the cold, rigid, and flaunting display of self-righteousness. Jesus exposed Simon's boastful heart with a parable of two men who were in debt to a creditor who owed 500 pence and the other owed 50. When the creditor realized that they had no money to pay him, he canceled the debts of both. Jesus then asked Simon, now which of these will love the creditor more? Simon responded confidently, the one that had the larger debt, of course. Jesus responded, thou hast rightly judged. Then Jesus referring to the woman, I told, told Simon, since I came into your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since arriving has not ceased to kiss my feet. You have not anointed my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with precious ointment. Therefore, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Jesus mildly and tactfully rebuked Simon for his behavior. Simon had no sense of forgiveness or passion because he did not consider himself a sinner and therefore did not need forgiveness or love in return. If you would like to know more about God's word, the church, and view, review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please join us and visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hanjun, and expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. The church band will conclude our program with a number, inspiring number of God's love for each of us since Jesus paid it all.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.